Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by the Slayer of Wrestling Features, Mr. Joel Holbert. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Well, as the audience can see, I'm very good, Jeremy. I'm big time now. Big time podcast, driving microphone. Uh, I've been walking the streets this week, people coming up to me. You're the guy from the, the big podcast on Fightful. It's a bit embarrassing. I'd rather our audience not do that kind of thing. But now that I have a microphone, I do feel more deserving of the praise. Uh, so I will allow it to continue for now. But I'm very good. It's been a weird week, I think, as everyone watching this probably knows. But wrestling was pretty good, useful this week, I think, right? Probably wrestling, helped us out a little bit. Wrestling was very useful mm-hmm. this week, given everything yeah. that's going on. And people who've listened to our first three shows will probably know we'll get to that. At the end, the uh, tragic death of uh, Kobe Bryant. But we do have some wrestling to talk about. Before we get into wrestling, let's get some things out of the way. Everyone sign up to Fightful Select so we can get extra money because we enjoy that. More microphones. Yeah, more microphones. I'm not sure people can can see your microphone. I should. They I'm, can't? Yeah, I'm going to move it. So oh, goodness. There. They now have everyone, to see it. Now everyone can so see your microphone. For the first two minutes, they were like, what is this guy talking about? He's insane. He has an imaginary microphone now. Oh, now see, everyone, the microphone was like me, because you, you can't see me, correct? No. Yeah, I'm so I did the John Cena hand gesture, and you didn't see it, but everyone no. who's watching this, yeah. uh, where it was. I think it benefits, it. though, because like people that just listen to the show, they miss out on certain elements, and I want you to know that I also miss out on those same elements, because I see nothing. <laughs> So, yes, technically, listen, this is show. That's what it's about. We'll explain that one, huh? Joe, you had two features last week. I did. did Asuka, yes. Becky Lynch, and, and Sheamus. How mm-hmm. how does it feel being back, back in the game as, you say, a spot-up shooter? I say Manu Ginobili. I must say, I did consider the uh, the Sheamus feature to be like a late shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, down the stretch, last three minutes, I came up big there. I felt, you know, on pay-per-view day, very proud of that one. It was good, you know. People seemed to enjoy them. Some topics you know are going to do better than others, you know, and I think we know which side, <laughs> which side I'm talking about in that, that equation. But it's fun. It's good to be back. Love doing the uh, the features on Fightful because, honestly, like, you know, that's the thing about Fightful is 
they don't really anyone else letting people like me do stuff like that, right? Unless, you know, there's a lot of news and stuff, and you do that, Jeremy, as you know, but it's fun. It's a nice little spot for me on a site where there's loads of people doing actual work, you know? Actual work. Yeah, it's true. I don't don't know if any of us do actual work. We just kind of, if you read our (laughs) Skype messages, it doesn't seem like we get anything done. (laughs) True, yeah. Yeah, fair. Uh, today we are going to talk about a lot of Royal Rumble stuff to get to. We're going to talk about NBA, NBA, NWA, hard times. Uh, Joe is going to give an update on his favorite wrestlers list. We, we challenged the, the fans, the audience to send Joe wrestlers he should root for. And so he's going to, he's going to give an update there. Maybe a little Luther talk. We we've got we've got big Luther news coming next week, um, and we're Huge. we're not allowed to to reveal things. We we've been we've been given hush money on on the Luther side of things, so yeah. we we can't talk about talk about Luther this week. So I apologize for that, everyone. Go go yell at our boss for that. Just and... re-listen to the old episodes. There's like a half an hour of Luther <laughs> talk. You just you know if you're that desperate, just do that, man. And at the end, we are going to discuss Kobe Bryant. But first, let's get into things with NWA hard times. Joe, you were a little lukewarm on the show. And I the gimmick is I set five minutes on the clock, and we don't actually pay attention to the clock. And we we go over the time limit anyway. So. But it's set. It's there to to try to keep us on task. But it's called the distraction for a reason. Joe, you're a little lukewarm on NWA Hard Times, but after the show, you messaged me and was like, that was great. We have to talk about it. Overall impressions of Hard Times. Well, the, the next couple of minutes of this game, maybe trying to remember Hard Times, it does feel like it took place a few decades ago. But I did make a point of missing you, Jeremy, because I felt I needed to make an apology in, in some ways. Um, this was really fun, man. We talked about the match, the amount of matches on this card. This came in at two and a half hours. <laughs> Which is incredible. And it focused on the right things. I can't remember a show that was so, like, flawlessly handled from start to finish as far as the decision-making, okay? The question mark stuff is fun. I enjoy it like everyone else. But I was very much relieved to see Trevor Murdoch just beat him, and we just all moved on. Because it wasn't needed on a pay-per-view card, right? Trevor Murdoch's a great story, and they capitalised on that. Ricky Starks was capitalised on. You know, like... We had the tag titles, they had to be changed. They went with the right team. I think as this week's power showed, because that team's a lot of fun, Storm and Eli. Um, the women's title match was amazing. Like, legitimately great. I mean, and I, I don't understand people don't look at NWA. I think we spoke about this last week, because, like, NWA isn't the great match organization, right? But that match was legitimately great. Yeah. Like, excellent uh, women's title match. Man, I just love this. There was The only thing that obviously that wasn't good was Aaron Stevens and Scott Steiner, and that was not bad. It was just them two doing a wrestling match in 2020. It is what it is, right? You got you accepted it. You understood what you were getting. But I just thought this was fun, and it felt like the, they were on the right track here, I thought. What about you? I, I really enjoyed this show. Like, mm-hmm. like we talked about last week, it seemed like it could be bloated, but the, the 605 gimmick where the matches just, those TV title matches just aren't going to last that long, kind of ensured that 
it wasn't it wasn't gonna go like too too long. like you weren't gonna have like these 10 15 minute like tournament matches they were going six minutes five seconds at the very most and i think uh ricky starks and matt cross was like the the longest match until yeah. the main event of the tournament and that probably should have been the longest match i think those are kind of the two best workers in um that were in the tournament but it flew by i like that the the tv title headlined over yeah, all this and flip gordon like a a made that title feel important right off the right off the bat and now they're doing the the gimmick of if you get seven straight title defenses you get a you get a nwa world heavyweight title shot so that makes the belt feel important as well i i like what they they've done overall with establishing the tv title yeah and we both agreed last week this was the right winner too right yes. I mean, that was the perfect execution he obviously he was always going to do his part of the equation which was perform well and look like a star but they actually enabled him to do that by by having him win the title, and, I, and it must be said, man, this Trevor Murdoch situation is uh, is fascinating. Like, this is a true unearthed gem that they've got here because who was going to predict it when they announced they were like going to do their own TV show again? Who would have thought Trevor Murdoch would be like a genuinely incredibly valuable piece of that that puzzle? Right, like, that's come out of nowhere. Trevor Murdoch obviously was always very good. I'm not sort of questioning his talent, but he was just he was off the scene. So that was an amazing point. He fits so perfectly. So I love that they embraced him too, had him go to the final. If I, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure Trevor's first power match was against Ricky Starks, and it was just as like a guy losing, you know, like right. a familiar face losing. And now it was, I was into that match. I was into a lot of stuff on that show. It's interesting. We're going to get to later about the favorite wrestler thing, which is obviously, you know, mostly silliness. But I must credit the NWA in the sense that when I'm thinking about wrestlers I like, they have multiple names on this list because, for the most part, they handle all of their talent with a certain level of, like, care and respect. Do you know what I mean? Like, they all get promo time. They're generally represented as being important to the point where when a guy loses flat, it's almost like, whoa, that, that actually was a, there was a finish there. Like, Tim Storm losing was kind of sad. I was very sad about Dream. What about you? I... I don't know what the the deal is with uh, Mr. Anderson. There was rumors yeah. that he yeah. got pulled off of the show because he agreed to do yeah. the, the TNA show. But I don't know how much truth there is to that. Why are you going to punish a guy for doing a TNA show? Um, well, I'd I, say there's many reasons to punish a guy I think for doing that. Isn't that the punishment that he's doing the TNA show? Especially doing a tag team match with D'Lo Brown as the Aces and Eights. Um. <laughs> Uh, it was weird that Tim Storm like got the buy in the first round though. Like, yeah, I, I guess lost. I guess they didn't really have the a contingency plan there, but it seemed like Tim Storm would have been the kind of guys like I'm not taking this buy. Like, like his promo was good. He explained it very well, and he covered up for it. See, the best I thought I agree with you because I thought it would have been perfect. Seeing as he was not going to win the title, right? I thought it was the perfect vehicle to have him like be the honorable babyface and just get beat by whoever the replacement opponent was. Because it feels like they're going to do some form of angle like with Tim, where it's like he's not sure where he fits in in the sort of modern NWA landscape. But again, I don't know who, I guess Eddie Kingston, but he's involved in an angle with the Pope, which they never showed on television and then did as a video package. But that's another argument for another day, Jeremy. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, you could you could have put somebody in that spot. Yeah. Eddie Kingston would have been good. Um, even mm-hmm. like a homicide um, yeah. would have been fine. But mm-hmm. that, was, that was the only, like, I guess complaint I had about yeah. the show. The women's match was great. Thunder Rosa and Allison K. That was the best match on the show. Yeah, Thunder Rosa is money. <laughs> yeah, she's a superstar. They they made all the right booking decisions, at least yep. in my opinion, for that show. Like Ricky Starks needed to come out as a star, and he did. Thunder Rosa needed to come out as, as a star, and she did. They 
Rock and Roll Express, they had their nostalgia run, but the the right call to me was Eli Drake and, and James Storm. And their promo after was great as well. Like I like any wrestling show that's gonna give me just kinda nonstop sort of something to catch my attention and only goes two and a half hours perfect fine perfectly acceptable yeah and i think you know i, I just said a minute ago about making people feel like stars the promo you just touched on with storm and drake and that whole team is a perfect example of it right like them two guys they're just allowed to talk and be charismatic baby faces like there's no formula to it it's not complicated they just allow them to be and people generally like them because they're good talkers and they, they're the best example of guys that are just perfect for that format it's perfect for them i think eli drake will probably end up you know climbing up higher as a singles and still might i don't know but for now that's a great spot for him did you watch power from this week i did yes that nick aldis marty scurll segment was spectacular yes yeah i man look i understand there's a lot of like when this happened the nwa thing happened they made aldis the face of it i understand there's a lot of naysayers i get that i've always kind of thought aldis was like better than people give him credit for. I think he gets a lot of bad rap, especially as an in-ring guy. I don't really Agreed. understand why he still has this perception as like he can't do nothing in the ring. He has consistently good matches. I don't understand the issue. It feels like now, and again, you know, the business has changed, Jeremy, as you told me weeks ago, but there's like a perception that there's only one style of a good wrestler, and I find it bizarre. Aldis is great. I mean, he's losing the title, I assume, to Skull, okay? But this isn't like just a, okay, he gets us started and then we'll move on to our things. No, he's a top guy in NWA, the top guy for the foreseeable future, right? He has to be. Yeah, I, I'm with you on all this. Like, his his TNA stuff was fine, but yeah. not like exactly blow away. But he, the moment he started with NWA, I think that, yeah, it was like, all right, this is your top guy, like Magnus from, from TNA. Like, okay, that that's what you're doing. But he immediately proved that like he can carry this company. He carries himself like a champion. His promo work has always been strong. And yeah. now his, his ring work is, is even caught up to that. And he works the style that, that, you know, they want him to work. And there's nothing wrong 100%. with that style. And I think we have got to remember at all times, I mean, the time he was in TNA, there wasn't many guys that were positioned exactly in their in their best spot right i mean if you basically just talk, like i mean samoa joe okay in the time <laughs> nick aldis was in tna samoa joe was not exactly like reminding us all how great he was there was a lot of bad stuff going on with all of the guys aj name it as good as they are in that period of time man there was just a lot of bad creative going on aldis suffered from that like anyone else right like it, it, but some guys just get a bad rap and that's what but i think perception's changing now that promo segment i've seen a lot of people like praising it you know I, yeah, I've seen just about everyone saying, I mean, we're not even a month into 2020, but everyone's saying for now it's it's the promo of the year, and it's hard to disagree because, again, there hasn't been that many great promos this year, but that Aldous promo certainly yeah. stacked up with them. And, and again, the perfect thing about it was it, it captured the whole what makes the NWA different, right? Like having the whole dialogue about money and what matters, and let, that's just only happening there really it's a different kind of promo i like the gimmick like yeah if you lose that's coming out of your paycheck and you're mm -hmm. paying all these fans <laughs> it's tremendous yeah. i didn't expect him to say that <laughs> but yeah i agree it's tremendous i this is a big match for them right like this is a big deal i think this rh partnership's helping both parties right now 
Well, I was at the the Crockett Cup last year when Aldis and, and Skrull had their match, and like the the heat for that match was really tremendous. And people, I think a lot of people thought Skrull was actually going to win because he'd just come off the uh, unfortunate ROH thing where he didn't win, and people were like, "Oh, well, maybe he's going to win the NWA title." But then they saw like, "Oh, he's going to compete in the." best of super juniors so it's like does nwa want their best of super juniors you know do they want their yeah. champion going over there and losing a bunch of matches so it was just a a weird situation but th- it was still like marty made everyone believe that he could win that match and all this did a great job like i thought that was a fantastic match and i yeah this is this is the biggest match they can book and that's why they're taking it outside of uh the studio as well because they know they, they probably need a bigger place to to run this match yeah. I have to give major props to the idea that there are like cities bidding on this match. I mean, that's one, oh, of the greatest, yeah. that's one of the greatest lies ever told in the history of professional wrestling, I think. And there's been a lot of great lies. But <laughs> the suggestion that like when that promo segment aired, people were like, just get on the phone, get it done now. <laughs> we cannot wait any longer, man. We've got to get it done. You know, that was awesome. The, the mayor of Dallas is like calling yeah. Billy Corgan and being like, we got to have this Marty Skrull nick all this match. <laughs> It's incredible form. Amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the Royal Rumble. And before we get into the actual Royal Rumble matches, we're going to talk about everything else that wasn't a Royal Rumble match on Sunday and even Saturday, Worlds Collide stuff, if, if, if anyone watched that show. A lot of good wrestling on that show. I don't know how much it meant, but <laughs> Jordan Devlin is uh, the Cruiserweight Champion. Yes, yeah, he is. That's, that's, a that's great news. Yeah, that's a thing, yeah, definitely is. Um. So, Royal Rumble, non-Royal Rumble stuff. Joe, what stood out to you uh, Sunday and Saturday that I know you 100% watched? I have many options here, Jeremy. I could go for the um, walk-through crowd enjoyable brawl between Roman and Baron. I could go with the... I enjoy it, too. I could go with the uh, Daniel Bryan miracle savior job, you know, in the strap match. I could go with um, Becky and Asuka like just having a super physical match to silence, which wasn't their fault. But I'm going um, to be negative, Jeremy. <laughs> I know you're shocked. <laughs> Seatbelts on, folks. Uh, this Lacey Bailey situation is very sad, and I don't know what we do here. It feels like we're watching a heel who was forced into a babyface role wrestle a babyface who had to turn heel because of creative, like, just incompetence. Am I wrong? Am I mistaken here, Jeremy? I don't know what's going on. This is very bad. Bailey as a heel is bad. It, it's it's not good. It's not, and I'm not. And to be clear, I'm not saying it's like her fault exclusively because it isn't. To be honest, like she's not really done anything to get heat. She took heat from Sasha's angle with Lacey, which isn't her fault, obviously. But there is no idea what this character is. They have no clue on the presentation. The work is fine, obviously. Bailey's like good. She's in the SmackDown match with Lacey. You saw how good she can be at like guiding a match. Obviously, that's her thing, right? But there's total disconnects here. Like the entrance is weird. She just looks bored, like and uninterested, which I think is the idea. It's not good. It's very bad. I think it like it feels like it should be better because she was a babyface for so long, and it's like oh a heel like this feels like a fresh thing. She changed up her look. First off, the mm-hmm. music isn't good. I, I think she would be at least ten percent better if she just got better music. But I don't know what her music is. <laughs> That, I'm not, that's the point. Like, it's like not memorable like, at all. I don't know there's a pay-per-view going on. Like, I'm not doing that thing. I'm leg- I legitimately never know who's coming out when the music hits. Yeah, it, and, it's, uh, it's, it's super generic. Like, there, There's nothing memorable 
about mm-hmm. it and like her her look is fine it her work yeah. isn't bad but there's it just feels like it should be bigger than it actually is and look Lacey evans sure she's a nice lady i know she she's been through a lot and she she does a good job taking care of her family mm-hmm. they yeah. paired her with becky lynch after the big wrestlemania win they did yeah. they're pairing her with lace with bailey now she had that just completely dead feud with natalia i don't mm-hmm. know what it is that they see in lacey evans it's it's not clicking like i okay I feel like she should be a good heel, but they're trying to make her baby face and just right. things are not clicking with Lacey. Okay, is this is this Ralph's face to make an apology, Jeremy? <laughs> is this where I have to step forward and say, oh, I got it wrong? Oh, okay, look, guys, they, the fans may not have been into Lacey as I thought they were. All right? uh, we all miscalculate these things sometimes. What I will say is this, okay, and this is where sometimes things are easily avoidable. If you want to turn Lacey Evans' baby face, is there... An idea, perhaps, Jeremy, that you actually don't have her go straight into a title feud against the heel that's desperate for a baby face that's both over and good. Yeah, this is like this is the thing. They're they're putting her in this position. Becky Lynch's first feud was with Lacey Evans. You yeah. had red hot Becky Lynch coming out of WrestleMania, and it's like <laughs> Here's Lacey Evans, who all you've seen from her thus far is she walks down the ramp, turns around, and comes back. And it's like, this is your now going to be feuding with literally the biggest star in the company. Who yes. thinks of that? Well, this is the thing that fascinates me is that the night that they started this program with Bailey was the same night Alexa came back. So Sasha, as team captain of SmackDown, could have sparked a feud with Nikki and Alexa with Bailey, right? And this would have been one of those feuds, Jeremy, which we called in the old days over-wrestler feud, okay? All right? I spoke to Myra Fame Facts. I don't want anyone to be too confused. And what would have happened is the crowd would have cheered the baby faces, all right? And they would have booed the heels. Novel okay? concept in, today. In the meantime, Lacey could have wrestled Fire and Desire for two months, okay? <laughs> and we could have had a coherent wrestling program because instead what they did was they put one heel who had then become a babyface against two heels that crowds kind of like, sort of, right? Uh, and then they bullied her kid, and then then we ended up with one of those heels falling out of the feud due to what we think is an injury, which left the other heel, who is the champion, in need of actual heat. That's what happened, pal. The Lacey, did you see the Lacey Evans promo on SmackDown? Last week's SmackDown, right? Yeah, yeah, last week's SmackDown. Give me a second. Okay. Is this the one on the stage? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did see it. It went from zero to a hundred so quick. <laughs> it was like, I don't like Bailey and Sasha Banks because my dad died and I grew up with a lot of abuse and drug riddled. Yeah. Family. They're not very good at subtlety, right? Yeah. And it's like, and they, they remind me of bullies and it's like, can, can you like, Where's the where's the link to all of this? Yeah. Like, why are you because going from it. point A to point Z? You realize this there's is a the whole point. alphabet in between that, right? Yeah, no, you're right. But this is the problem is, is, and I agree with your initial points on Lacey to begin with, but as we've mapped this out, it's clear, like, she's just put in a position to fail here, right? Like, this is just bad. This is just bad stuff going on. As you said, the feud with Becky didn't work with her as a heel. This was 
not fair on either her or Bailey because Bailey needed a baby face people cared about. It doesn't, again, it could have been Carmella even because Carmella is at least established as a baby face, right? I only said Alexa because she was just come back. It was like a fresh thing. But Lacey, you know, she's not going to help Bailey get heat and it just was a mess. And I don't know where they're headed now because Sasha, I don't know when Sasha's back, right? It's a tough situation. I don't know. It- Carmella would have been perfect because there's even like the real life friendship between yes. Bailey and Carmella that you this can play thing, off of. Okay? So with with the Carmella one, you have the thing of why have you changed and become this person? Right. And with the Alexa and Nikki thing, you have the I said you were full of it and now you've exposed yourself kind of thing, right? Because remember they had the whole summer feud. It was yeah. like, with Lacey, you literally had nothing. <laughs> you just started fresh and she was like, no, the SmackDown women are good, I promise. And then she hit one of them. You know, I don't get it, dude. I, I'm honestly like confused as to why they do this stuff. I just don't get who this helped. Locker room leaders. That's what they're they're feuding about. Sasha and Bailey are the locker room leaders, and Lacey wow. Evans is like, I'm the locker room leader. It's the click all over again. Man. <laughs> Incredible. That's, that's that was their buzzword uh, for a couple of months. There was locker room leader. Should we just say that the other matches were good? Because otherwise, people are going to be upset that I just did a five minute rant about. <laughs> The SmackDown Women's Division. I'm sorry, guys. It makes me sad. But the, the other matches were good. The other matches were good. Daniel Bryan, as you told me off the air, got a great match out of a clown. <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest, dude. He's the absolute best. Daniel Bryan's amazing. We was all, every person watching the match was thinking Daniel Bryan might win at the end. That's how great he is. And it's a shame that people like me, yeah, broadcast journalists like me, Jeremy, they come on here and they talk about bad wrestling rather than spending five minutes celebrating Daniel Bryan. And that's on me. I'm accepting the blame for that. Guide me away from it next time, Jeremy, okay? I'll give you permission. No, I mean, people aren't going to come up to you in the streets and be like, hey, you're you're Joel Holbert from The the Distraction if you're just praising Daniel Bryan. True. Everyone's you're praising right. Daniel yeah. Bryan. Yeah, people are going to come up to me and be like, man, that, that Carmella feud would have been hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. Yeah, good idea. Very <laughs> on. Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble won by Miss Charlotte Flair. What did you think of this Royal Rumble overall and Charlotte being the victor? I'm, I know this is not my job as a podcaster. I know I'm supposed to have takes prepared in the chamber, but I legitimately have like no opinion on Charlotte winning it. Like I'm just like, sure, man. You know, it's fine. I understand. I get it. I don't really care for it. I'm not interested. Uh, I thought this match was – this was my favorite of the women's Rumbles they've done, Jeremy. I think that's a hot take. I think. It's not. Um Oh, it's not. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, that was my one hot take for the week ruined. Um, I thought the first half of this was, like, legitimately very good. And then there was no lulls. It was nice and smooth. There was The work was pretty good. Bianca Belair is amazing. Yes. Her and Alexa Bliss had, like, a weird chemistry that none of us quite realized would be a thing, but it was a thing. They also were very smart and stayed glued to each other in one corner of the ring, as all good wrestlers should. Um there was other things that happened. Otis was very funny. And then they did the really cool thing where Bianca and Alexa were like the last women standing at that point. Remember this little thing they did? And it was like, okay, this is pretty interesting. And then Bianca survived. And then the match kind of steadily declined for me, especially after Bianca actually went. I thought the match kind of fell off a cliff, but it was still good. What did you think? Yeah, the the first half, the first really three quarters were were really strong, and then the the closing stretch got a little. Once, like you said, Bianca got eliminated, it mm-hmm. seemed like it, it 
killed off the crowd a little bit. Shayna came in like Bianca did like had like what nine eliminations in like 40 minutes or however however long she was in there and then Shayna mm-hmm. comes in and does like nine eliminations in like five minutes yeah, and just get, tosses everyone and the thing is i didn't even think it like helped Shayna. but like, obviously she came across as dominant but <clears throat> the people she was throwing i don't think the audience really like <laughs> cared i don't know am i wrong i don't know i saw people saying she came across as a monster i was like she kind of did but i felt i don't know if she had the impact you'd want her to have if she's actually headed to a match with becky lynch yeah, I think there was some, and there's a long way to go until the the Becky Lynch match, and they already have a little bit of a built-in heat yeah. from Survivor Series. I think mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that match. At least it's not Lacey Evans. Um, but I, when Shayna Shayna came in and tossed everybody, I thought it was different because you don't when when you think about that monster role, you do think of of somebody like a, a Nia Jax or someone, an awesome Kong, like you know, a, a bigger yes. person like that who's just gonna come in and clean house. And Shayna's not really that, but she has the legitimate background where she can just come in and just start tossing people and it's like, okay, the like this works. I, I think even like Charlotte could have worked for that role because she is genetically superior to to everyone else and can just come yes. in and start tossing people. But I didn't mind that. It just it seemed like the crowd wasn't re- quite ready for that, and I think that's what would sort of took it out. I'm using a Corey Gravesism. Corey Graves instead of just like uh, taking the blame and being like, "I didn't think this," the crowd. This is how they reacted to it. I mean, in fairness, it is 100 percent true though, right? Yeah. Like the crowd legitimately did just check out. I think this is weird. This is very like inside baseball, but I do I do think that. <clears throat> doing all of the like baby face in peril moments with Charlotte, you know, where she'd be like uh, almost out. I kind of thought like played the hand a little bit. It was like, Oh, Charlotte's winning. Like when Kelly I Kelly thought... had her like hanging by a thread, I was like, Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> I don't know. When she was getting kicked in the tit, I thought she was definitely going out. <laughs> I have no memory of this. Jeremy. Was, oh my God. Matched. It was, it was near the end and she was just getting oh. kicked right in the chest when she was hanging on uh doing the the sean michaels skin the cat spot i was like i she should go out right here this looks devastating <laughs> she should go out right yeah. here <laughs> on the fly just the size is too physical i'm i have i'm gonna hijack this again i'm hijacking it it's been four weeks now for the first few weeks there was no explicit talk so i'm hijacking it jeremy can you allow oh, me to go now please i gotta set the oh. timer for like 15 minutes now okay 25 guys. um <laughs> I would like to see a division anchored by matchups like her and Bianca, please, Jeremy. If you have any power to do that, Alexa as a babyface is much, much better as Alexa as a heel, and that is a crazy hot take. Have you got, are you going to argue this for me, Jeremy? Because I think it's really hot. First off, I do have power, but not in the WWE women's division. Apparently, I have some power in the AEW division though true um true. but i don't have i don't have anything any type of power okay. in, that's useless to me now. In WWE. okay I, I think alexa is is great as a heel or a, is she better as a baby face yes yes she is jeremy i'm just, i'm gonna explain that i heard the timer i'm not i don't care i'm not stopped by the you timer you can't see okay? my face see that's that's Listen a brilliant part of this gimmick is you can't see how me, this is this is craziness okay <laughs> here what we have here is an anomaly folks all right because Alexa's been like a top heel for what? Like, when did she come up? I don't know, three years. Let's say three years. You turn her baby face and it's like you've changed the game. Because crowds like her, her size makes her perfect for the role of baby face in peril. 
She's she actually like kind of sells for the bigger women. This is this is cash. Jeremy, what are we doing here? Can you explain it to me, please? Is I want a division anchored by Alexa Wrestling Bianca, Alexa Wrestling Rhea Ripley. Can we get on with this now and entertain Joe Holbert, please? Is Alexa Bliss the the 2020? Is tw- is 2020 Alexa Bliss 1997 Steve Austin? That's the perfect comparison. Yes, that's exactly what's happened. What's happened here is this is the truth of it. Okay. We've seen Alexa as like a second, third scoring option on the championship team for years, okay? And you say, oh, man, she's real good, right? She's super good at the promos and all that, you know, post-up scoring. And then all of a sudden, she gets, she gets, traded, to, <laughs> she gets traded to a lottery team. And you're watching them league pass games, Jeremy, and you're just jumping out. You see, you can't believe the game that this, this, this woman's got. Do you know what I'm saying? She can pass. She can run an offense here, Jeremy. And I want to see it. Chris Paul? Yes. No, probably not. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> And I'm, I'm interested. In all seriousness, I, I get the horsewomen thing. I tell you, I would really enjoy it if they put all the horsewomen on one brand post-mania and just said, like, just try to do something crazy on Raw with, like, Bianca, Alexa, Rhea Ripley, all of these, Shayna Baszler, just different matchups, right? Like, Nikki Cross, obviously, there with her. Just Ruby Riot, just something, I don't know. I want some fresh stuff. And this was fresh. I was very excited, Jeremy. I had a great time watching this match. I mean, it was a very good match, and it did feel fresh, especially, like, I didn't expect Alexa and Bianca to, like, anchor this whole thing. You didn't know. And... How would you, how could you possibly know yeah. the level of workhorse we're dealing with here? You've not been watching the League Pass games, <laughs> right? You've been watching two-minute Mandy Rose matches on SmackDown, you said, well, I don't know about this babyface turn. <laughs> I've been waiting for this babyface turn, damn it. God, man, I need to get off my chest. Thank you, Jeremy. Please continue with the show as planned. I'm, I'm sticking with my Alexa Bliss and Chris Paul comparison, whether you like it or not. That's fine. It's, there's much worse ones you can make, definitely. <laughs> or the 1997. She was watching Hardo. Well, who's her Harden then? I say. Is, it, is that Charlotte Flair's title, right? She's watching that from afar. Is, is, no, is, is, is that just Sasha Banks? Like, Sasha's just, you know, they got no. the... <laughs> No, no, definitely not. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Oh, I like it. Uh, Men's Royal Rumble won by your guy, Drew McIntyre. I don't know if he's your guy. I thought Bobby Roode won it then for a second. I had like a <laughs> flat. Yeah, Drew Bobby McIntyre. Did, yeah. did not win it. Uh, Drew McIntyre won. Joe, overall thoughts on Drew winning and the Rumble itself? I've got all the takes this week, Jeremy. I think this was the best rumble of all rumbles. They, see, they listened to the show and they heard your complaint of how many rumbles are actually good. Yes. And then they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give him an actually good Royal Rumble. This this was not actually good. This was great. This was actually great. This was an emotional roller coaster. We had the Brock thing. The Brock thing allowed them to get to like 17 spots without using like a big name. This was this was genuinely masterful. The the up and down of the crowd, hope spots. Then he kills a couple more guys, hope spot, and eventually, when he got eliminated, my lord, Jeremy, people were leaping up and down. This was insane, right? Like, this was incredible. Then you have the edge moment. This is my favourite rumble of all rumbles, and this is after I just spent ten minutes talking about Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss going bloody coast to coast, but not really, you know. This rumble from start to finish, I thought was laid out brilliantly. Yes. The the Brock stuff, I 
like people are going to complain about it because they just like to complain. There was a there was a cohesive story from you know from when he entered all the way until when he was finally eliminated even the the stuff with like kofi and biggie like that's what most people are complaining about is like oh god they they buried kofi and, and biggie and mm. these guys some more it's like like not everyone can can win i didn't see it that way i didn't see it either I, there were guys in there that got buried, definitely. Cesaro was a tough one. John Morrison Shinsuke, just came back and he got tossed like it was like John nothing. Morrison, that was the one. Not Shinsuke. <laughs> Shinsuke dropped him and then got back. I thought the New Day part or the Ian Kofi with Ray part was awesome, man. It was like they had him really and he was like a horror movie villain, right? Like they had him and he just, in a snap, he, he had them all gone. It was great. I loved it. But I understand, you know, he's tough, right? Like when you love a wrestler and they just run out to the ring, like, I mean... I'm going to mention it. You weren't going to. Bobby Roode, he was part of it. Yeah, I know you didn't want to mention it, but I'll bring it I up. didn't want to hurt your feelings. I know, and I appreciate it, Jeremy, but he was involved in the uh, in the attacks, and he, you know, but we must say he landed some good right hands. He had it for a second. He just slipped, I think, in the corner. And uh, But, yes, Drew winning too, man. You know I'm not a Drew McIntyre guy, but I am a fair man, and I have always said just pick some guys and push them. Come here. Do the push. Literally in a month, they've just decided Drew's the guy. That's awesome, right? Like, I mean, we started this podcast. I said to you, perhaps we should do a topic on Drew becoming like charismatic. And now he's the Rumble winner. He's on the road to Mania. This is this has been an amazing ride. And I have an NBA comparison to you. I'm excited. You teased this in our production meeting, so I cannot wait for this. <laughs> production meeting, yes. <laughs> I am saying that this is the equivalent of Victor Oladipo's 2018, your faults. I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm okay, do you want me to explain? No, no, I I get the comparison. Oladipo okay. was kind massive of massive jump, massive. Yeah, jump. yeah, he was he was kind of on the verge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, came in a lot of hype coming in. He was like fourth overall pick, and then he was on a bad Orlando team. Yeah. Um, started to to make some some strides. Went to OKC. Uh, but it was kind of buried in the the Westbrook MVP triple double season. And, you know, they say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And he goes to Indiana and just turns into a superstar. So yes. he so by timeline would be all right, comes in, chosen one, all good. Three yeah. and B, not so not so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh Lowry, you know, release. Yeah. The OKC season would be like kind of his his indie run almost of <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, he like he he's there. 
there were, OKC was a playoff team that year. Yeah, no, so yeah. He, he got some he got some shine and whatnot, but you know it's not WWE. It's not WWE. And yeah. but then he comes back NXT, and so then yeah, I can I can see it. I'm not mad. He at always it. had the tools, but then we finally see him implement at the highest level. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I was very proud of it. You know, I think I don't think there's a better one. I mean, there probably is loads of better ones, right? But you know, it's <laughs> I'm pretty not cool. Mad one. At it. I'm not mad but at thank it. Thank you. I remember a year ago, and I'm going to spoil a feature I'm going to write soon, so just this is an exclusive. But seriously, do you remember, like, last year when Roman beat Drew, it was like, okay, that's him kind of set in stone. That's what his role is now. Yeah. He's like the upper mid-heel, like, Miss Cole, good spot, and not a top guy. I never would have told you he was winning this Rumble, ever. I mean, I, I kind of predicted it on this podcast a few weeks ago, but before this year, I never would have got it, you know? It's literally been, like, a month. Like, when he started yes. this whole, like – all right, I'm going to count down to the Claymore and the crowd is into it. It just gave, it turned him baby face out of nowhere and just gave him a complete, what was Drew McIntyre doing before he like what, what did he do at Survivor? He was on the Survivor Series team, wasn't he? Literally can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Uh, I was saying so far I can go with my memory. He, Survivor he Series was, was like know, years ago, right? I know at the Saudi show he, you know, he did the whole team team Flair, team Hogan. He was on oh, team yes. Flair, and they they lost that match. I feel like he was on team Raw for Survivor Series, but the the fact that we can not remember this at all feels like it says that like he was just he he was just there. Like that's this is what happened. he was. When you give Drew McIntyre to a guy who has previously got over the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer, this is why. Okay, and listen, people can get angry at me. How do you know it was Paul? I don't. I'm just telling you it was Paul. Okay, he told me personally in the DMs. But the truth of it is, this was, I mean, perfect. As you say, he showed charisma. He killed some job guys. Next thing you know, they insert him with the perfect top guys that would make him look great. Matches with Randy and AJ. This was just, this was beautiful. Beautiful ride, and they did the thing. They let him win, you know? Massive result. I'm happy for him. Look, when they want to push somebody like this, they, it's so easy to do, especially at the Rumble. Like, they not only gave him the, the Brock victory, but they gave him, like, the entire Rumble That's victory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they completely made him in this, this hour-long stretch here. Mm-hmm. I agree. This was awesome. I, I love this match. I've rewatched this match. Do you know how long, rarely I've re- rewatched matches in this day and age? Do you know how like, seldom that happens? I go on the WWE Network and I go to WCW nineteen ninety two. I'm not going to two thousand twenty. Okay, <laughs> this was a feat, Jeremy. I was I was proud of everyone involved. Good job. And uh, Edge was back. Apparently, that was a big story. We have a topic about that, right? About we the do. Yeah. We're, we're we're getting that we next. Good transition. <laughs> <laughs> Edge did return at the Royal Rumble. Big, big surprise. Unless you've read all the reports about that he was going to return, mm-hmm. but still, still a big deal. We'll hit on that a little bit. But the big thing that I think we want to hit on is the main event segment, the closing segment of Raw with Edge and Randy Orton. Joe, what were your thoughts on this segment? I have no, I have no objective thoughts about this i have just nothing but love i have pure raw emotion man this was beautiful this was special right this was the best angle i've seen them execute on tv since god i wouldn't even want to have to go about that far this was so good and it was not even complex or like creative even it was just too especially randy i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on randy here okay he was masterful in this segment his delivery in the promo 
was like so different to every promo he's ever given. He actually sounded super sincere and honest. And he was like, man, I actually kind of trust this guy. I know he's going to arco edge, but I don't want him to right now. Then he starts like playing with his, with his food. He's like unsure what he should do. He's like Norman Bates sweeping up a body at the, at the motel. He's there and he gets a chair and he gets two chairs. And the people are just like every up and down. They're shrieking when he goes to do stuff. This was incredible, man. <clears throat> when he's on, Randy is like an unparalleled heel. He's so good. This was great. I was l- watching the video of, and, and a lot of guys say this, um, and, and girls, like just basically a lot of people in the WWE locker room and people not even in the WWE locker room, watching the video of the, the rewatch of the 2019 Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It's like 40 minutes long. You know I didn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Samoa Joe has a lot of very good one-liners in this. I'll watch it then. I'll it's completely it. worth it just for Samoa Joe's commentary I love it. on great. the 2019 Royal Rumble. And they get to the moment where Orton hits the RKO on Nia Jax. And they all talk about, like, Randy Orton just, like, makes this face. And... That's all it is. He just makes his face, and they're, they're all talking like he is so good at just like giving off the the biggest amount of motion, emotion with just yeah. the smallest amount of facial expressions. And it's those little things. And Orton's talked about it again. A lot of guys and girls have talked about this, but it was the same thing in this segment of when he goes up top to to possibly Pilmanize Edge, and he's like contemplating yeah. like should i do this should i not thinks better of it he's like you know what i'm still gonna give him this concerto though like he he really is brilliant when when he gets into this uh role i'm glad you mentioned that because he is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler right yes, like the, really those that actually do the job know how great he is i always remember i don't know if you listened back in the day to talking shop you know like uh gallows and anderson's yeah, pod yeah. and they had mvp on and some fans sent him like an email Hey, Carl, you're great. You remind me of Randy. And MVP cut him off in the middle of the email. I was like, listen, man, you're super good, but you're not Randy. <laughs> and I always thought that was a great, like, encapsulation of how revered he truly is. And when you see stuff like this, of course he is, man. He's incredible. He's timing. Like, again, I don't repeat myself, but when he's like this, is there a better character? Is there a better performer as far as subtlety and understanding what the audience is going to I mean, the way that he latched on, he saw the audience with it, and he just seized upon it. He got every single ounce of emotion out of him. This was, and again, we shouldn't forget Edge. Edge's cell was great, and his promo before was great, and the way he was welling up when Randy talked to him. All of it worked. It was a perfect storm because it had real-life history. I mean, that's the beauty of pro wrestling is that as a TV show, like we actually, there's real-life elements that can make certain stories go way further than, than they should. You know, like The reason this mattered is because we knew about Edge's real-life health issues. That's, that's why it was so powerful. Then you add in their on-screen history, and it's just it's money. I can't wait for this match, and I never, ever would have thought I'd be saying that now in 2020. I, I like your take of he's your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. I think that's, like, the yeah. perfect way to describe Randy because you don't see, like, a whole lot of Randy Orton fans online, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. They're like, Orton, he's been here forever. He just goes through the motions, whatever. But you listen to anyone talk about this guy. Like if you watch the up down down stuff when they have just a rotating cast of wrestlers, like the the yeah. moment Orton gets brought up, everyone's just like, he's so good. Randy is so good. Yeah, like, everyone that matters, loves this guy. That really matters because, and this is, sounds silly, but it's the truth. In twenty years, thirty years, his peers will talk about him that way. Yeah, right? and like 
that matters, man, because when WWE produced countless documentaries and all this programming, and when these guys are like framed historically, they're not going to call up the network. Isn't calling up me and you to talk about Randy, right? Like they're talking to his peers, and they and they know how good he is. Like he's one of them guys we'll all appreciate more in hindsight. I try my best to appreciate that because I genuinely enjoy him almost. You know, most of what he does. There are times where you can tell he's kind of like, you know, he's not totally with it. But even he's like bog standard matches, I enjoy it because he's just he is so good. He's he's the only guy. All these guys in the roster do amazing moves, and I admire every one of them. But he's the guy that gets a big reaction out of the Superplex. He's like it's a big move in a Randy match, right? Like he's just he's a genius. Edge returning, great to see him back. I mean, he's mm -hmm. obviously healthy enough to be back. Otherwise, he would not be in that position. I think the the history certainly played so much into this i saw people like why isn't edge working with this guy or that guy or whatever and it's like you can't tell that same story with no. with aj styles or, or ricochet you know they they got time if edge has signed a three-year deal they got time to do all those other matches but for that this is perfect yeah, yeah for for that first feud like orton is the perfect guy to to do that first feud with Definitely. The only thing you've said is that, but I think some people just they overthink the young guy thing, and I'm all for it. I understand it, but my God, this is just too good to complain about, I feel. Yeah, you're, you're not getting this same emotion. No offense to AJ Styles. If AJ Styles comes out and does the same thing, it, it doesn't hit the same way. No, you're 100% right, yeah, definitely. Joe, we're going to give the fans an update on your favorite wrestlers list. Last week, mm. we, we put it out there to all of our, our faithful listeners that send Joe wrestlers he should cheer for, yes. essentially. Because right now, your favorite wrestler is Bobby funny. Roode. And like that, like, what good is that doing you? None. It caused me a lot of pain on Sunday night. So, yeah, so right, who, who do you have on your list now that you're keeping an eye out on? These okay. are the next I'm big stars in wrestling, folks. They're not. I'm going to be honest here, Jeremy. This has been a major failure in every way. Um, on my current list, I have not got one name suggested by our audience. That feels bad, right? <laughs> I Okay, first thing first, I think it's clear. Samoa Joe and Alexa Bliss have been retained from my prior dealings. Uh, they are cornerstones of the franchise, Jeremy. They're not going anywhere. Uh, both cause me immense pain and struggle in this journey. But there's some things you can't replace, right? Loyalty matters. You right. agree with they, they were on the protection list. You had, you know, expansion team yeah. coming in. They're untouchable. Gotta, yeah, yeah, I understand. Now, what that means is, assuming tomorrow night Nikki Cross doesn't do something heinous, she is also on the list. Like go to okay? NXT UK. If that would be the worst thing <laughs> she could do. Of all the things she could do, betraying Alexa would be, I mean, that would be bad. But if she turns up in NXT UK, it's over. Unfollowed. <laughs> done. Right? I have locked in two new names, though. And this is very important, and I know our audience is excited. Rhea Ripley is locked in as a safe bet pick. Okay. This is, I should never lose in this in this game, right? There's no way. Rhea Ripley should win every match ever. The big one is Hangman Page. Yes. That's a big, this is a big one. Now, I'm going to tell the audience who's on the bubble for the sake of fairness. Ricky Starks is, is a notch out. He's so close. We also have Trevor Murdoch, Eli Drake, Randall Orton, AJ Styles, Andrade, who, you know, shaky week. Bobby Roode is still in the bubble, Jeremy, okay? I'm going to... <laughs> and dropped in the bubble. He's gone from cornerstone to, to the bubble. Yes. I didn't want to just sit him by removing him from the list altogether. And the Usos are also on the bubble. I need the audience to help about the names I just listed. I want to have around... We're at what now? Like five? 
So like that, fine. I want to just get it to like eight, maybe ten. We'll go to ten. That's that's fine. But I must say, I was very disappointed in our loyal, our loyal fans who still don't know me well enough to suggest uh, feasible uh, favourite wrestlers. I mean, there was a lot of like cool suggestions, like Shotzi Blackheart. I'm like, come on, man. You know I'm not cool enough for that. <laughs> Bobby Roode is my favourite wrestler, right? They have to have a certain level of Joe Holbert about it. I mean, that's why Trevor Murdoch's on the list. So, I don't know, Jeremy. What do you think? You, am I missing out here? Is there some names on the bubble that should be locked in? What do you feel? First off, Hangman Page is a is a great choice. Great addition to the He He's been awesome the, these yes. past few weeks. Just outstanding. The the Hold My Beer Buckshot Lariat on Dynamite <laughs> may, <laughs> may have been the best spot AEW has done since yeah. existing. Yeah, I agree. That was great. That was like, like the best thing on this week's show. <laughs> yeah. I... I would bump up Ricky Starks, but I'm I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks. I, I think he's got all the tools, and he, he's really going to thrive in NWA as well. I should tell the, the audience this, because this is important. Okay, Ricky Starks wrestled three matches on Friday and one on Tuesday. And the thing that got him closest to this list was when he was walking out on Friday, and he, he like picked some kid up and just like walked him through the crowd. Do you remember this, Jeremy, at the hard times? Yeah. And I said, I watched this, and I thought, He's a feasible favourite. He could be a guy. He could be a guy we get behind. I, he's close. He's very close. But, you know, we have to see a little bit more. We have to take our time. We don't rush into these things, do we? Because that's how we end up in sad times. You know, and I, I, I'll accept some hard times, Jeremy, but no sad times. Um, I must say I'm somewhat concerned by Samojo falling to, victim to an injury as soon as this gimmick starts. <laughs> somewhat concerned. Uh, but in all seriousness, that was sad, right? I hope very Joe sad. I, I, We've spoke about this before with the Ember Moon thing. Man, it really, like, amazes me. People have no empathy when it comes to injuries, right? Like, I see this news reported, and I just see people saying stuff like, oh, no, I don't push him. Guy sucks. Can never stay healthy. It's like, jeez, man, take it easy a little bit, okay? Like, chill. I felt bad for him. But the bubble is, a, is an interesting list because Randall Orton will always be one of my favorite wrestlers, right? Yeah, why, he is he, why is he on the bubble? Like, he's not, because he's he's not like, going anywhere. Because it's just like, you know, it's, it's such a safe, oh, you know, Randy's still on there. Good one, Joe. It's only been 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> So, see, you're, you're putting too much stock into what other people think now. Like, if I do well, my favorite to. wrestler's gimmick, John Cena's there. I don't care if people, like, he's not around anymore. But, you know, if people are like, oh, that, well, that's an easy pick. I don't care. John Cena's awesome. Yeah, but you, the, the thing is, is... Is we're tastemakers here. Right? This is what you don't understand, Jeremy. We've got a podcast now. I have a microphone, okay? We You're just did people ten... walking up to you on the streets. Yes. We just did 10 minutes talking about how great Randy Orton is. Do you know the percentage of our audience that's already turned off? And now you want me. Now you want me to stand here and be like, yeah, he's on the favorite list too. It's tough, man. I've got to pick my spots here. We'll save the Randy praise for next week, okay? But I, I must say I was very disappointed. You know, there was some controversial names popping up in my mentions, and I'm not proud of them. Also, there is no company off-limits here, other than Impact. New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> is in the game. Ishii is on the bubble, by the way. I'd like you to know that. That's something I should have mentioned. But yes, TNA excluded. Everything else is in play. Feel free to suggest. Don't tell me that my locked-in ones are bad picks. That will get you a block. But suggest anyone else. What about a heel Britt Baker? Close. She, she's in the game. She's awesome. That, is, that was awesome. This <laughs> yeah. week, man. She nailed it. And poor Jim. Jim Ross was just kind of looking around. Oh, I'd like to read a quote. Uh, Jim Ross this week had a truly inspired piece of announcement. I know what I you're going to say. 
I don't. <laughs> you sure you do? Yeah, I think I do. Penelope Ford got yeah. involved in this match, and he said, "And I'm not doing like a. This is not a voice. This is how he read this in his accent. <laughs> but this is the tone of which he read it. Oh, what a Jezebel she is! What a plan! These are evil people, ladies and gentlemen." And Tony Schwanny replied, "These are evil people," <laughs> which. I found to be an incredible piece of announcing. It sounded like he was like reading Jim Ross dialogue from 2001, but I loved it. I was very happy with it. That was a good match, by the way. I enjoyed it. He also called uh, Penelope Ford insatiable, I believe. Yes, that was incredible too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bless him. I like it. I enjoy it, and I love that Britt Baker like was talking about the be the man I grew up. On. <laughs> I was like, oh no! Yeah, sure, whatever. They ripped them for not knowing anybody's names, selling barbecue instead of learning the roster's names. She's not mm, wrong. I mean, I feel, seeing as I've sat here and admitted that I didn't watch a professional wrestling show while recording a podcast, I feel I'm not the guy to criticize Jim for that. But <laughs> yeah, sure, she can tell what she wants, but I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to say anything. I think Britt Baker uh, needs to be added to the bubble. Cause okay. I, big things in store for her, I feel like. I mean, I would do that if I had any faith in good things happening in that division. And if I do get that that's, faith, maybe we'll talk about it. Actually. Yeah, you know, it's tough. That's very fair. Uh, the last piece of business that we unfortunately are going to get to here. Sunday, Kobe Bryant, Lakers legend, NBA legend, just kind of world legend at, at this point. Like, kind of transcended the, the NBA tragically died in a, a helicopter crash along with his uh, daughter Gianna and the uh, also in the the crash was uh John Autobelli his wife Carrie um their daughter Alyssa Sarah and Peyton Chester and Christina Mauser and the the pilot Era Zobayan I want to at least pay respects to everyone who tragically lost their life in the in the helicopter crash because it was not just Kobe Bryant who who died it was unfortunately um nine people and and kids as well so but Joe Kobe you know how did you find out what what was your reaction and just any type of Kobe memories well, I, I want to hand the floor to you on this very much because uh, people that follow me know I'm new to basketball. I never got to watch Kobe play like in real time, you know. Uh, but as you said, and you touched upon, he far transcended basketball, he far transcended sport. Uh, and on a human level, this was tragic. If you didn't, if you've never watched basketball in your life, this was tragic, right? Because just on a human level, it's just an awful event, and so many people lost their hero. My only thing I can say really is that um, my, as I got into NBA, my brother. You know, he, he suddenly decided he was a big Lakers fan. And whenever I would push him on, you know, you're not really a Lakers fan. You haven't watched for 10 years, you know. He would just say, well, Kobe, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and there's all this image of him, you know, like my, my brother loved Kobe and he had his jersey and stuff. My brother knew nothing about basketball. But that is the thing I can like kind of offer in the sense of, like, here, Kobe is impact. And he's one of those special athletes that you just say Kobe. That's all you need, right? And we all know you're talking about and um, it was amazing to see, like, just going on social media and seeing every athlete I follow across the board, footballers, cricketers, boxers, whatever it may be, talking about how he impacted them, man. And uh, social media was a super strange place on when it happened. It was a lot of, like, when the first was a screenshot, it was like it was a, like a fake, and then it just it kept coming. Everyone's tweet was suddenly about that, and it was uh, it was brutal, man. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think everyone's starting to slowly feel better, but 
we get reminders every day and it's like shocking it feels like a bad dream you know kobe the the favorite wrestler your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestlers of randy orton that was mm-hmm. kobe like your favorite yeah. basketball player's favorite basketball player was yep. kobe like i was never a kobe fan i I, I admired his greatness. Like anytime there was the debate on like Kobe, LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, like I grew up a, a big Jordan fan. So I was like, yeah, Jordan, mm-hmm. Jordan was better. But like, I appreciated how good Kobe was, but you like every single player, especially in, in this generation, like they grew up watching Kobe. It, it's very, I, I don't want to say it's weird, but you, you see these guys like uh, Luca and Trey young and you know, they're in their like, first, second season and they're all like, just this admiration they have for Kobe and like they they never shared the floor with him they never competed against them mm-hmm. like that's who they grew up admiring and wanting to be and you know in the past generation as well people thought like oh Kobe and LeBron like they're they're rivals everyone trying to make them out to be their rivals because of course they are they're they're two of the greats like why wouldn't they be and like like best friends off the court and it's so strange how we as fans try to like want to perceive these guys as like rivals all over the place but it's really okay they're rivals on the court like off the court like all these guys go to the club together all these guys take vacations together like they're they're really good friends and it's you know everyone seemed to love kobe and yeah his basketball career was over but the guy was 41 and he had a still a whole second life of he was very involved still with the league, very involved with his daughter and and uh, their team, and like he was still very involved in other aspects of life. And I mean, he still had his whole second, essentially second career ahead of him. So and, and so did you know everyone involved in that crash. But it just I was numb when I found out on Sunday. Like I was in a position i was ready to like work right before the royal rumble so yeah I'm gonna, i got some stuff on my list to do i'm gonna get it done and then it broke and i just i couldn't focus on anything else like i just had to keep updated had to see what everyone was saying and you're right like the my entire timeline didn't matter what list i had yeah open, like wrestling hockey uh just re- regular news it didn't matter like everyone was tweeting about kobe it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I know that his Hall of Fame induction is this summer, correct? That's yeah, right? Yeah. The one thing I would say is, and this is, a, I mean, a nothing positive within an absolute tragedy, but thankfully Kobe was an athlete that was truly celebrated while he was here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, at least if we can take anything from that, it was great that he had so many moments where people actually honoured him while he was here and while he could see it. It's a shame the Hall of Fame, obviously, induction comes now, but... But the, the, what I mean is like his jersey's already hanging in, in Staples. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we, we wait too long and terrible stuff like this happens and we just – we never got that moment to do that. But, yeah, man, it's uh, – it was – we were very lucky to have in what we do a professional wrestling show to distract us because, frankly, there was no uh, distraction for a lot of people. It was it was painful, real painful. And every time you're reminded by it, reminded of it, it's still painful, you know? Still haven't quite got to grips with it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been less... I don't know how... Like, they had games, like, a half hour after the news yeah. broke. Uh, like, how... You, you see these guys, like, crying on the sidelines, crying during introductions. Like, how are these guys playing basketball right now? And I get for some of them, like, all right, it's an escape, you can get your mind off it, but so soon... So soon. Yeah, I mean, I've watched... 
I watched the Sixers on Tuesday, and I I couldn't after the first quarter I left it because it was just it was eerie, man. Like the there was not it was not a good feeling about that game. You could tell there was still a lot of just a lot of um, anxiety and bad feelings about what happened, and that was Tuesday. So on Sunday night, it was crazy. Those them games went forward. I mean, I understand that the 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 game that happened like directly after. I understand that that was kind of in motion, if that makes sense. But yeah. the games that happened later that night, I feel like they probably should have not, that should not have happened. But I understand, I mean, no one's prepared to make them decisions, I guess, right? It's just, but it's it's always weird when something happens that you know is like a, where would you win? This was one of their moments. People are going to be talking about this in years to come, about that day, that Sunday night in 2020. So moments like that are always weird and they're hard to, hard to adjust to. Yeah, I I couldn't watch the the Thunder game on Monday. I made it through the first quarter, and I was just like, "This, I can't do this right now." Um, I was finally able to watch some of the game last night, but it it's tough. And you know, the Lakers haven't played; they haven't played a game at Staples. The the Clippers are supposed to play at Staples. They canceled the the Lakers and the Clippers were supposed to play on Tuesday, yeah. um, and, and like that would have been obviously a big game. And it didn't happen, and it rightfully probably shouldn't have happened. Um, but it, they're going to have the first game back at Staples tonight with the Clippers. I think the Lakers play at Staples tomorrow. It's going to definitely be a scene. You mentioned that you know um, your family member say you say Kobe, and that's it. Yeah. The, the, the thing every time you shoot something into a wastebasket or wherever, everyone <laughs> does the Kobe thing, and like th- this is like a thing that like everyone seems to know about and it, it it always weirded me out like i don't know how this started or anything yeah. but it's so like a long time ago my friend you used to joke with me he's like you know why kobe will always be more famous than jordan like why is like you don't yell mj when you're shooting trash into a trash can it's like yeah that's true like i don't know how that but there's this video of fans outside staples with like one trash can and a bunch of paper trash balls and they're all just shooting the trash uh the trash into the trash can like yelling kobe and like that was just the most amazing moment to me because it's like this is what everyone does and everyone just like came together for this i thought that was so cool those visuals are always super touching right like when something like this happens and a group a group of people get together like the scene outside staples center this week has just been every time I see it, it hurts a lot. It's really kind of uh, it's touching in the sense that you it's great to see people come out like that and show love and sport, but it's also just awful because it's like a again it's the reminder, right? Like yeah. damn, that actually had that just happened, and we all have to just move on. I understand that. Like we're um, for people that knew him, truly knew him. Like I, I can't like, empathize enough with them, but for us it's weird because we have. To, kind of move on and we do successfully and then you you're reminded man this is not even a week ago like with recording this today and it feels like it was some time ago it wasn't it was four days ago yeah it's just it's just awful you know it's always weird on how this stuff like affects everyone because we didn't know kobe i mean i've never met the guy i saw i don't think i saw i ever saw him play live either um so like i yeah, didn't didn't know him. Only knew him from what you saw on TV or social media, any of that stuff. But it's still like, like as I said, once it happened, like I was numb. Like I just lost a family yeah. member. And I, mean, I I literally knew Kobe from the the name itself, the brand itself, and from like if I you know when I was kind of school and stuff as a kid, 
I would see that dude on the news in the morning, like they've just won the championship or they've just done this, the Lakers, right? Like on the sports report, because NBA's on at such a time here, and it still resonated with me to that degree. Like I was I was broken up about it, man, and I I have no link to him whatsoever. Just on a, a human level, it was just awful. And seeing people you admire, that how much it hurt them makes it way worse. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, if no matter who, what your favorite player is, what your favorite team is, they would have had some kind of emotional reaction to this and it was all played out in front of us because as we said the games kind of so it was just it was bizarre it was super odd it was and thoughts and and prayers and Mm -hmm. condolences to friends family of kobe and everyone who tragically passed away in in that helicopter crash what a downer to end this podcast on. I know, man, but we had to touch on it, right? Like, it's, 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 a, it's one of those situations where it's like, we spoke about the NBA way too much not to talk about an event of that scale. We just, just the way it is, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we are, we're, we're a basketball podcast masquerading as a as a wrestling podcast because yes. um, this is not a basketball site. Uh, do we have, let's, let's try not yet. to, nah, not yet. Sean and I keep pushing for it. What, we had a name for it. Um, what was it? it was like out of bounds or something yes yes you yeah. mentioned this before yeah yeah, um... yeah i mean earlier on i, I do find i deserve some credit because i'm pretty sure and this is i've imagined this i'm pretty sure earlier i could i claimed that alexa bliss had moved from a second scoring option to a first scoring <laughs> option on lottery team which was an incredible basketball reference we've had I a hope... lot of, i mean i think every week we've done a basketball comparison. Yeah, so. I was very proud of that one, though, in particular. That's just an <laughs> incredible fault. The five-foot woman wrestler being spoken about as a basketball player was an amazing effort. I and felt. you said post moves. Yeah, that's <laughs> tremendous. Imagine. Imagine Muggsy Bogues in the post. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I was talking in general. Like, you should be a current. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, what do you have going on this week with uh, features? I have nothing. I have, oh, no, okay. I have no. I have no plan. I will not have a feature on Fightful until when is the Saudi Arabia show, Jeremy? February twenty seventh. That's when you can next get featured. Until then, I will just tweet a lot of silliness. I will prepare for where, this podcast. Where will you tweet your silliness from? Joe Holbert five. Thank you for the, thank you for that, Jeremy. I appreciate the setup. I thought he was asking me what app. I was thinking, well, you know, pretty pretty obvious, you know. But yeah, no, Instagram. I understand what you're saying. That yes. Um, lots of silliness I prepare this podcast is you know it's a job in itself because now I actually have to watch the wrestling which is a rude awakening for me after years of masquerading by gifts and uh, takes you know so I'm proud of myself this week I had a lot of hot takes please tell me if you like the hot takes or didn't um, don't argue them with me though because I don't want to do that so what was my biggest hot take this week do you think Alexa Bliss is a better heel or was it the one about uh, best rumble match ever what was the biggest hot take I, I think Drew McIntyre's Victor Oladipo was the, wow, the biggest. That was hot. Yeah, that was super. Hot. I'm <laughs> proud of this. This was a good show for the hot take train. Um, yeah, good show, man. I enjoyed it. It's not over yet. Uh, and compliment Joe on his uh, his microphone if you if you've been watching the video. Even if you there you go, get the microphone in the shot. If you haven't been watching the video and you listening to this on podcast form, just compliment it anyway. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I'm very proud of that, too. This was a big week for me as a professional. <laughs> Joe actually watched the shows and got a microphone. <laughs> yes, well, not all of the shows, but yeah, I watched most of them. <laughs> Next week, we're going to review Backlash 2018. 
Oh no, we're not. We're definitely not doing that. No. Warren, got, Warren I, has paid good money for this backlash review. Listen, if you this is the truth, guys, and we should make this clear. <clears throat> if you're interested in seeing us talk about anything and you're willing to pay for it, there is a negotiation to be had, okay? But you know, and it's I'm talking about big money, I'm talking about any kind of money. I'll talk about any wrestling show for that. So Backlash two thousand eighteen, if you're interested, DM me. <laughs> Or any other show. We they uh, Sean and Warren do the, the retro reviews on Fightful Select. Everyone sign up to Fightful Select to get Sean and Warren. Imagine doing reviews. a retro review of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed retro. since then. A lot has changed since then. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The card. Roman Reigns is at the top. That's not the case anymore. Wow, Seven, that's the hottest Rollins? take of the show. You just popped <laughs> in with it. Well, after I'd already packed up and was ready to go home, you said, no, I've got the hot take. <laughs> you just had, you're about to have a lot of stands coming after you, man. Yeah, that's not good. I love Roman Reigns. I was genuinely so, excited on how excited he was during that Rumble match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, was a very sincere comment. I was genuinely excited for how excited he was. He looked like he was having a grand old time beating up on Baron Corbin walking around that arena. Yeah. That was interesting. That was very interesting. The way they was just like sort of walking. I've never seen a cutoff spot in a wrestling match built up to by the babyface just sort of following the man around the arena. <laughs> that was very interesting, but I enjoyed that. You liked it a lot more than me, I sense. I, I look Roman Reigns smiling puts a smile on my face. So I, I seriously was genuinely excited for how excited he was for that match. I'm not sure it needed to be 20 minutes long, but again, you know, that's another debate for another day. You have to remember I watch these shows at very, very late hours, you know? So, like, when um, something awful happens on a boat view, it's like 2 in the morning. It's very dark, very dark moments. That's why I need good faves. Suggest your faves and compliment the microphone. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JeremyLambert88 every day writing something or another for Fightful. AEW Power Rankings, Real Sports Power Rankings, they're up now by the time you all listen to this. Distraction Thursdays. I'm distracted by Joe's mic right now. Distraction Thursdays on Fightful. Uh, thank you, Distraction everyone. Distraction Thursdays. Yeah. Distraction. Are we going to start selling t-shirts and stuff, yeah? Maybe. We have our own day. I will, I will talk to Sean about, uh, we got to get Distraction shirts. They got to feature Japanese Deathmatch Legend Lucha, uh, Luther. Jesus, Lucha. Uh, Japanese Deathmatch Legend Luther on the shirts. I don't know if AEW will, will clear. Can we trademark that? I bet they don't have a trademark on that. Jim Ross might. Maybe. It might be one of these flavors of barbecue sauce. I'm gonna. I I wonder how much it takes to file a tra- now. Somebody's gonna listen to this podcast and like do it anyway. And yeah, Brandy Rhodes just did it. As soon as yeah. <laughs> she just did it. She's like, damn, they're on us quickly. Um. Yeah, I'll talk to Sean about a distraction Thursday to you. But you've got to write a feature every Thursday, though. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's see, that's that's the gimmick here because you your feature has to go up at eleven. The power rankings oh, yeah, go I up forgot. at three, and then the distraction goes up at seven. See, I forgot that I'd. I mean, I was a major part of this free piece. Like, that's bad by me, right? Now we're just a two. We're just a two headed monster. We're not. We're nothing. Now. They're laughing at us. Okay, I mean, I'm going to do a feature every like one Thursday of a month. So that'll have to do for now, guys. I have a microphone now. <laughs> You gotta yeah. pay for that microphone somehow. I do. Yeah. You pay for yourself. That's another thing you can buy for me. If you want to DM me microphones that you'd like to buy for me, that is always open. That and favorite wrestlers, I'll never reject. Actually, I will reject favorite wrestlers, but not microphones. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Thursday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.